talk to us, man. What is on the table? What are we talking about today? Listen, man, there's something about church without walls, right? (laughs) There's something about church without walls. Listen, um, we are in a time, man, where we are just maximizing every effort of communication. And we recognize, man, that we are the team is bigger than any individual player. So today, man, we are talking about collaboration. That's right. Collaboration in mission and in ministry. And we got some wonderful people here today. We have experts, gurus today that's going to let us know how it's done. I like it. I like it. I like it. So who are those gurus? Who are those experts, Raj? Talk to us. Wow, wow, wow. Listen, when the pandemic hit, uh, there was uh, a few that made the pivot. And today, our guests made the pivot and they made it happen. Not just in their area, not just in uh, their state, not even just in their conference. They went across the United States, connecting nationally, and, and they collaborated. This is true collaboration. I would like to welcome to the uh, PRT, the true collaborators from the NOW ministry, the North Carolina Worship Ministry, the Quarantine Revival Ministry. They went out and they made collaboration a verb. Let's welcome Pastor Austin Humphreys, Pastor James Doggett Jr., and Pastor Kagia Scott to our table today. Boom, boom, boom. What's up, fellas? What's good? The gentleman in the house today. I feel blessed today at the PRT. Good to see each and every one of you. Look, we're going to give each of you a chance to just shout out um, to our audience today. Um, But before we do that, we're going to ask Pastor Wade to just offer a quick word of prayer as we hop into this discussion today. Go ahead, Pastor Wade. Let's pray. Let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you for your protection and, and the power you had to get us through to 2022. So, Lord, now as we begin this discussion, this talk, this, this discussion on collaboration, we pray, Lord, that your name will be glorified and, and someone will catch the vision and catch the fire is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we got three preachers with us today, so so we 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 try to limit that time. But we're going to start with JD and just go right across the top. Um, JD, we're going to give you twenty five point seven eight seconds um, just to shout out anybody you want to shout out. Just tell us where you are. We didn't read your your resume. You know, each one of you have resumes and stuff that's just you know way too heavy for 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 us to. So so we're going to let you just give a give a give a little shout out. Tell us where you are, what you're doing, um, anything that you want to say. Anybody that you want to shout out. Uh, Let's start with JD. The time is yours, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. First of all, just thank you for the invitation to be here. My name is James Doggett Jr. And I want to shout out my conference, Southeastern Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. We're down here in Florida doing the work of the Lord to build the kingdom. So I give a shout out, special shout out to my, my collaborators out here in this portion of the vineyard. And of course, my two churches, my church there in Riviera Beach, First Church, as well as my church down there, Deerfield Beach SDA Church. I want to shout out my members there. They've been doing a great work. I've been blessed to be able to collaborate with them in this season of ministry. Mm. So again, I'm excited to be here. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Austin, I think he left some time on the table for you, Doc. He uh, left. He left a little bit for me. Not too, listen. Not too much. We'll keep. We'll keep it. We'll keep it in twenty-five <laughs> seconds. Listen. Big shout out first of all to all the collaborators 
Want to give a shout out to Recharge Worship, uh, all all the all my guys who collaborate over on that squad. Want to definitely shout out all the ministries that come together. That's why we're here today. Uh, big shout out to my church. Just got a new assignment in the last five months. Mm-hmm. I'm now the senior pastor of the Gethsemane Seven Day Adventist Church, the capital city of North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina. So big shout out to them, and of course to just shout out the pastors roundtable. Love what you all do. I'm a subscriber. I need to get I need to get on this newsletter you were talking about earlier. I'm gonna jump on that after we get off this uh, this live stream today. But just big shout out to you guys. So thank you for having us. Uh, great to have great you. Guy. Great to have you. Thank you. All right, I'm a proud chairer of the Pastors Roundtable. We've been coming since, since from the beginning. So uh, also want to shout out to the rest of the collaborators because you know we're not the only three, um, but there are so many people who have been doing uh, so much all over the United States. And so um, just a shout out to all of them. We'll be bringing them up by name. Um, I'm pastoring two churches here in North Carolina and a co-pastor of North Carolina Online Worship. My two churches are Ebenezer in Greenville and Gethsemane in Kinston. Um, and so, uh, shout out to my church members, um, but but not just them because now in this day and age, you know, everybody could be your member. You know, we yeah. got folks uh, that, that tune in. I went to both of these guys. I, did, I I had COVID. I went to both of these guys' churches today. I, I went to JD's church, and then I went over to uh, to Austin's church today, and um and got got two good words. But um and I saw people in the chat from all over when yeah. I went to those churches, yeah, and so person. so yeah. so. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Good stuff. Well, we are indeed excited to have all of you with us today. I think we have all been fans of your ministry and and what you have been Mm -hmm. doing. And and we're just honored um, and 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 uh, and humbled even to to see the the work that you guys are doing. And 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 I know that Dion and Roger are a little bit older than you guys, um, but I just want you to know how I. how much? Uh, <laughs> how much an impact? Just, just a little guys... bit, Roger. Just a little bit, man. Just a little bit. <laughs> but what I you think guys... I might be the oldest, but I ain't gonna go there because yeah. I remember JD as a little boy in school. Mercy. Yeah, <laughs> in, funny, I, I do too, man. I was. Mercy. Yeah. Mercy. I shouldn't have said that. All right, here we go. Let's let's jump yeah, right uh, in. Look. Yeah. So here we go. Um, This this spirit of of collaboration, right? Um, We want you guys to talk to us about the spirit of collaboration, the attitude that that as ministers of the gospel that 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 you see when it comes to collaboration. And and I want to put it in this context. Stop it, Stephanie. Um, um, I want to put it in this context (laughs) that that we have. And I'm 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 going I'm just going to start out being real. We have mastered yeah. in an Adventism, um, in, in many in many cases and in many places, the art of competition. So so we you know when when our churches come together, it's usually for a Bible bowl where we're competing to see which church is going <laughs> to win, or a basketball yeah. game which church is yeah, better yeah. than the other. Uh, Lord, we, we've Lord. done well when it comes to competing with each other. But talk to us about the spirit of collaboration and, and that attitude that 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 we are seeing emerge. It seems in times like this, JD. Talk to us and then and anybody else who wants to jump in. Well, first of all, the fact that you allow me to start is just mind blowing because Pastor Kagia Scott is the one who knows all. So we're going to be sitting at his feet and listening to a lot that he has to say today. Um, But just to answer your question, one of the first things that comes to mind is the idea that there has to be a level of selflessness that is required for collaboration to actually work. 
I think that that is one of the biggest barriers to collaboration, especially in the ministerial realm, is the idea that we want our own stuff, um, whether it's your own church. I, it's funny because I've pastored multiple districts. And even if we look at just a district, two churches with one pastor, it's interesting how difficult it can be to get a level of high co effective collaboration with just one district day out of the year uh, because <laughs> everyone loves their own stuff. I've had to have conversations mm -hmm. about the pastor can't be at multiple places at one time. So why would we have two and three different services happening at the same time, whether it's New Year, since this is the season, or whatever the case might be, oftentimes it boils down to a level of really we want our own stuff. Um, so I'm just going to point out the fact that um, I think a barrier to good, effective collaboration can be just that selfish mindset. And in order to really collaborate on a high level, you've got to be selfless and other centered yeah. and know that it's not all about you. You got to put that ego to the mm. side. Wow. Wow. All right. And let me When it came to ego, I think that that was a, a big thing. And let me preface this by saying Kagia is the goat when it comes to what I'm about to say. So we're going to hear more Thank about you. this from him definitely later on, because he's the, the man when it comes to what I'm about to say here is that that selfless nature of saying, let's just make it happen. Let's get the job done. We have a mm. goal in mind. When North Carolina Online Worship started, it was, it was, uh, we say, we tell this story, people really don't believe us. We just said, hey, do you want to kind of come together and just do this? And it was just like, yeah, let's do it. There was no other discussion about whatever. But we had to kind of put aside, well, your church does this and your church does that. Let's come together. I just want to say this. What JD just said, he, he hit the nail on the head. You know, when I was passing the district, I mean, a district day is like one of the hardest things to do effectively. And it's, it's so silly wow. why it's so hard to do, right? <laughs> Especially if mm -hmm. your church is, it's one thing if your church is like an hour and a half apart, like mine were, that's understandable. But if you got churches that are like 30, 40 minutes away, you got members that won't even show up. They won't even come unless yeah. it's at their church. And so we, it's a mm. part of it, I believe this, and Kiki, you can maybe speak more, more of this as well. I think it's just the culture that we've had for so long where it's mine, this is my church, this is our ministry, this is our, this is our pastor. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'd rather we'd rather see you twice a twice a week, uh, twice a month, than you know try to collaborate and bring bring us more together so we can see you more. And so I think a part of that culture change, and I think what COVID did was it forced people like myself, Pastor Scott, JD, you, the, the the three of you all, to come together and say, you know what? Even though we're from different spaces, we can have the same goal in mind. And the whole the goal is what? It's kingdom building. I mean, that's the goal, right? Mm, that's that's, that's still right. yeah. at the base value of it. It's not all these graphics and stuff that we do, that's nice. But the goal is still kingdom building. And so right. why not do it with people that want to do it with you? Mercy. Mm. Wow, done. wow. And what a powerful ministry you all have. I mean, you, you know, you're touching lives all over. And, and especially uh, when uh, most of the churches were closed down, um, the stuff that you were doing by, you know, just just, been, just, just pouring into um, the, the people there who are watching online and, and just just kind of creating this spirit too of saying, you know what, if you could do the collaboration, let's do it too. And so we see, you know, what you have done has kind of generated to other churches and, and, and districts and so forth. Uh, let me ask you this. What are some of the ministry collaborations now that you all have been involved with? Uh, tell us a little bit about your ministry and, and, and in the past and how were you able to make it happen? Now that's the thing. Can I, can I, how can were you able to make that thing? Let me slow you down a little second, yeah, second yeah, Dr. Yeah, Henry, because, because, yeah. because uh, JD started off saying that Kagia was the guru on, 
on the last question, and we didn't get oh, to hear from him yet oh, on that right, question. We got to get the guru Luke, Luke in Scott, on this. Hey, 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 listen, I'm over here like uh, I'm over here like I'm trying to I'm I'm bobbing and weaving trying to jump in, man. <laughs> so um, listen, talking about um, we got to understand our weaknesses, really, and. I understand you want to put your best foot forward. You want everybody to see your good side if you're taking a picture. But the reality is you got to understand what you are not good at mm. and where your your church has shortcomings. And so even before COVID, when you talk about collaborating, um, in the past, I've had a situation where we didn't have a good, um, a person that would be good enough as a Pathfinder leader. And so we teamed up with Raymond Johnson's church and they had a great Pathfinder leader. So we joined Pathfinder clubs under their leadership, but we have to, uh, we have to say, listen, we don't, we don't have what we need, but you do. And so let's get together again. Uh, uh, when, when I, I moved to Austin's area, he had a basketball team or he was talking about starting a basketball team and he had some players and I had some players, but we really didn't have enough on our own because we were in small districts. And so we just merged two churches, one of my churches and one of his churches, or two of my churches and one of his churches merged and we had a joint basketball team. And so I think you have to be able to say, okay, we can have let me multiple say Scott, names Scott, for our basketball jersey. Scott played as well. Let me just say that too. Pastor Scott didn't just, he was on the court. <laughs> Lord help us. I was coaching. Right. That's, knows. So true. That's so true. We were collaborating even before the pandemic. I, I, I forgot yeah. about that. And you were playing. That's right. That's right. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. I don't know why you brought that up. JD, JD knows uh, my shortcomings in that area, but uh, it just shows oh, what I'm willing to do. <laughs> I didn't say you were so, so listen, how, you did how do you, you, did you talked about, you, we're talking about the spirit, we're talking about the spirit of, of this collaboration, the attitude as ministers. Yeah. And, and we, we're going to use the word ministers, not just for the pastor, but for the members. But, but, but our churches are built on this mindset that I have to have my own. So, so when I when I go to nominating committee, I have to fill every single position in church. Uh, you 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 mentioned about if I don't have it, I, you know, I I can't, I don't have to worry about it because I can collaborate with someone else. Talk to us about um, how do I overcome that mindset that I have to have my own. You you overcome anyway. that mindset by realizing, uh, JD. I know you're biting at this. You overcome that mi mindset by realizing if you keep that mindset up, your church will die. Mercy. Especially in this mm. day and age. Your church will flat out dry out. We, you have to partner with somebody. You know, 50% of the effectiveness in churches in the South right now who are most effective in the, in the black community, listen to this, is because they've partnered with people and organizations that can do things better than them. 50% wow. of successful churches in the South right now. You, wow. you got on, in the black communities you have you have to partner with somebody i mean it's not even just i mean so what if if word of faith is doing a, is doing a food bank down the street you want to start one meet with their staff mm -hmm. what are they doing so that you can kind of collaborate i mean it's not it's not handsome it's not just the fact that we won't you know, do stuff for ourselves our own denominations we won't even do stuff for organizations some of us Mercy. that aren't even a part of our faith we, 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 we will slow up the advancement of the kingdom because they don't worship on sabbath like, stop like, right. doesn't that sound like we have to change? I'm so, we, we got to change. We come in, we come, we come in, we come in with the boxing gloves on. JD, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think that is a symptom, unfortunately, of the detriment of our evangelistic model. 
in that mm -hmm. oftentimes people become a member of our <laughs> denomination based on the foundation yeah. that we have to convince them that their pastors and other leaders have <laughs> lied to them. So we yeah. inherently almost yeah. instill a distrust yeah. in people because mm -hmm. the whole idea is don't trust them, trust the word, right? And we, I think sometimes, at least in my experience, I've had to almost undo this level of inherent distrust that we have wow. used to win people into our, our denomination and then have an issue when they don't trust you and don't listen to you and don't honor you as the leader um, and don't honor other people and their gifts. So I do wow. think that that is symptomatic of, I, uh, unfortunately, a tool that has been used in the past um, to win people into our fold um, by, again, kind of using that, that strategy of highlighting the deficiencies where they currently are so that they can come over here. Um, so they almost yeah. mm -hmm. join with a jaundiced eye and mm -hmm. it's hard for them to really mm -hmm. fully trust. Does that make sense? Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh man. You know, you know I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really interested um, in, in your story and, and how, in fact, in fact, your concept that, um, you know, we have to have a level of selflessness, right? We have to really open ourselves up and, and reach out because we don't have everything. And, and you talked about the Pathfinder uh, leader. And then we also talking about other organizations and entities. I'm interested. I want you to just collaborate. I mean, just to, elaborate on that a little bit more how were you able to make it happen now you recognize the deficiency in some of the things that we have you know the pathfinder club you mentioned or you mentioned some of the other organizations that are doing things better how were you really able to make it happen did you just call there did you go by did you and how were you able to to sell that to your church or did you even have to sell to the church where they're saying hey yeah let's go with it let's do it how were you able to make that happen let's start with uh pastor scott all right uh let's talk about the, the marathons that we used to uh, do down in Myrtle Beach. They have a marathon every year. Um, and I was running marathons at the time when I came to the church. And so they had an infrastructure, they had a structure, but they just needed volunteers. And so we were able to get the church to just fill in. We don't have to go set up. We don't have to do, only thing we have to do is volunteer to hand out the water and the Gatorade during the race. And so we had the people, but we didn't have everything they had to do what they were doing. Same thing as if you're sending your members to work at a soup kitchen that already exists. Why do you have to do your own right. soup kitchen where there's a soup kitchen that needs people? So we have the people and to sell it to your church. Come on, listen, we don't have the money. We got the people. So why would we do oh, something where we good. have to spend all of our money and that's our people when we can just spend our that's people and still get the things done? There are organizations, yeah. United Way, there are organizations that are doing things that have the money, that have the setup, they need people. And I'm trying to teach my people to serve. I'm trying to teach my people to minister. And so I could, I don't have to do everything from scratch. Like I don't have to plan everything. I could just send oh my, my people and bring my people on board with something else. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. And I don't have to tell that because the ones that miss out, the ones that miss out on the first race, come to the second race. I don't have to yeah, sell sir. it to everybody. Mm -hmm. It's 20% come. I'll get 30% wow. next time. Because yeah. we're not asking for money. So I don't have to take, I don't have to ask the board for permission because we don't need your money. We're not asking for your, uh, your offering. <laughs> no, we're just asking for your, for people. Yeah, come on. Yeah. I told y'all, Pastor Scott is the guru. I need y'all to just listen yeah. up, pull out your pen, pull out your paper, and let this man yeah, teach. That's good. Teach, Pastor. That's P, good. Teach. 
you know. So, so Pastor Scott, real quick. So, how do you then speak to that 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 question? I think I saw Pierre just put it in there. We said it already, but how would you speak to? So you're at that event, but there's no overt, blatant Seventh Day Adventist witness there. If we're under the banner of the Feeding South Florida or the, the the Boys and Girls Club or whatever, how do people even know that we are giving a witness and that we are there if we don't get to wear our badges of this is you know brought to you sponsored by you know et cetera et cetera by some 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 Seventh Day Adventist Church? How how do you what what's the how do we get around that or what, is there a need for that? Well, and because, of course, you're going to have somebody in the board meeting to say, well, we should pass out tracks with the water. You know, there's going to be somebody that brings that up. Um, we we made T-shirts that had the race information on it, as well as our church information on it, on it some of the times. But you don't have to do it every time. If you're doing enough work, if you're showing up enough places, the people are going to know who you are. If you do something right. once a year because you have an evangelistic meeting, then you always trying to reintroduce yourself to the community. But if you got every ministry, men's ministry, women's ministry, seniors ministry, pathfinders, if every single one of your ministries in your church does something in the community every year, then you got so many touch points that you don't have to keep saying, you don't have, come on, man of the house, you don't have to tell your wife you wear the pants. Just, just do your job. <laughs> You don't have to keep saying I'm seven that minutes and we the we the remnant and we the this and we the that. Just do your job and minister and minister as much as you can. People gonna know who you are. You should be a known quantity in your neighborhood. I got I got I got to jump on on this right here because I think it's so critical what he just said. When we were partnering in my church before I got to Raleigh, we partnered with the with with the Boys and Girls Club of the Coastal Plains. Average about eighty kids every single day, right? That's eighty different families that are that are that that are represented there. How I got involved with the partnership? I just volunteered. Wow. I started volunteering. I, I I filled out a form. I decided to do a background check, and then from there, what I did was because listen, you can't have partnership without relationship. That's impossible. You gotta Come have on, you gotta have Come some on. sort of relationship. So I started connecting. I started connecting with the with the um the director of the Boys and Girls Club. What she decided to do was lay past If there's anything that she, out, out of me just serving, I never, I never talked about what our church was doing, what we had going on. I just wanted to build relationship mm-hmm. because they're going to end up asking yeah. you if yeah. there's anything that you're doing or planning, let us know. You know what we're going to, we want to do, we want to do our church block party. Can we do it on your lot? We'll bring the food. We'll bring the bouncy houses. We'll bring the music. We'll get the permits. And so all of a sudden my church of 30 people, we've got over 150 people on a lot. That's not even ours. We, wow. the people, listen, it's, it's, it's not going to start off with, Oh, let me put my banner up and let me pass out steps to Christ. Stop it. Just part, just build a relationship first. Watch this. And then out of that relationship, then the partnership will come. So then when, when after it goes well, then people start saying, well, Rev Humphreys, that's my pastor. Now, that, that yeah. person, <laughs> those kids and people who say that, they ain't been to my church yet. But every time they see me in the community, I'm their reverend. Now, I'm not a reverend. Yeah. I'm not a bishop uh, like J.D., but I will say this, though. I'll be a reverend <laughs> and bishop to them. I'll be, with, I'll be whatever they need me to be. Because I'm trying to build the relationship yeah, yeah, and you yeah. cannot have positive partnership if you have not built relationship. Because you know what? Partners can smell scams. They know when you mm. come around every single year 
for your evangelistic campaign. They know it's summertime. They know you got an influx of money. They know when you put up your bouncy house. So flip the script. Start showing up for, for, for meetings and conference calls. I mean, wow. what Kigia said is so critical. I don't care if, if I got I got a church. I, I, I had a church of, of when we first started of 15 people with the average age of 64 years old. And our goal was to partner with people that were bigger than us. Hmm. Because mm-hmm. that's how we would connect and make the dust. So what Kagia said is spot on. And for those who are listening, you have got to, you, you cannot, I want to say it again, you cannot have any positive partnerships if you haven't taken the time to build the relationship. Wow. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Amen. So, 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 so let me ask this question. Um, in, in terms of collaboration, everyone's, everyone's using that word now, but how do you go about um, building that relationship? Is it that you, because a lot of our churches, all we think about is everybody we talk to, we've got to, if they're not Adventists already, we've got to get them in the baptismal pool. What are some of the things we need to be focusing on in creating those partnerships out there? What, 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 how should we be dressed? How should we, how should we be thinking can, to help us move in a direction for collaboration? Uh, Pastor Doggett, you, you, you seem to be ready to share. Uh, yes, sure. So I actually took a team dynamics course last March in this uh, leadership program that I'm in. And there's a book that I read. And I want to suggest it to each of you who are tuning in. Check it out. It's called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, written by Patrick mm-hmm. Lencioni. Wow. And, and they actually offer in this particular book, again, five dysfunctions. The bottom, and it's a pyramid, five-layer pyramid, the bottom has to be trust. For the first dysfunction often is the absence of trust. And the trust mm. here is twofold. One part is predictive trust. You can't build mm. trust as the foundation of a relationship um, if there's no predictive trust, which can only then be built after you've had connection and after you've been around each other and have actually worked with each other. So you've got to just go for it in order to build that what is called predictive trust. But more than predictive mm. trust, there also has to be what is known as vulnerability trust. This is when you don't show up as some uh, snobby Seventh-day Adventist looking down your sanctimonious nose of condemnation mm. at others as this holier-than-thou person. Um, vulnerability trust comes in when they can look at you and hear you say the words, you know what, I don't know the answer to that. Mm. Or, wow, um, I did drop the ball <sighs> there, and you know, I don't, good, I don't necessarily That's know good. how to get that wow. done. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a, a level of humility that has to be present in order for vulnerability trust to also grow. So that bottom layer is trust. And I'll try to run through this real fast. Um, the second layer in that five-layer pyramid is conflict, the fear of conflict. The idea here is that mm. when there is a lack of trust, then it will result in a fear of conflict, which in turn results in team members incapable of engaging in debate, and openly voicing their opinions. Um, People uh, don't feel comfortable sharing any constructive criticism with us because we've not been humble enough to ever receive constructive criticism. So you can't collaborate powerfully with with others if you don't have trust, if you don't have openness in sharing where there's not a lack of or fear of conflict, but then the third tier is a lack of commitment. 
And this is vitally important. One of the things I'll say about working with these two gentlemen, Pastor Scott and Pastor Humphreys, is that if ever we're going to do something, I know that they're committed to excellence and they're going to show up. If, if we need them to, to be there at a specific time or to, to help provide the flyer or all these other elements for a program, I know they're committed enough to actually be effective in getting it done. So there has to be a level of commitment that's also present. And then fourth, there's an avoidance of accountability that is often a barrier to, um, to the yeah. collaboration that we wanna see. Yes, the idea here is that when you don't trust, when there is a fear of conflict, when there's a lack of commitment, the only thing that can then result is a, a team that is constructed of members who are not willing to hold each other accountable because they don't care because yeah. they're not committed. Wow. Yeah. If you don't care, yeah. I don't care. If you're not going to show up, mm. I don't care. It, it is what it is. And of course you can't have effective ministry like that. And then finally, um, the, the top tier is inattention to results. And the idea here is that when team members don't feel accountable, then they're going to put their own ego the own their own personal mm. recognition their own legacy their own name ahead of the team goals so which results wow. in in teams losing sight wow. of the organizational you know mandate and mission so the idea here is mm. that those five elements i think are absolutely required in order to have um powerful collaboration and i'll say this um and somebody mentioned it earlier um, and I, let me just pause and say the pastor's roundtable is kind of interesting that we three have been asked to come and talk about collaboration on the pastor's roundtable, which is, I think, right. like the <laughs> paragon, yes, of collaboration. It is the highlight of, I think, the pandemic in terms of collaborative ministry. You all have taken this and you've not just sat in the virtual space, you've traveled, <laughs> you've done Pelk, you've done all this stuff. So we celebrate you all for being great, great. examples of what collaboration looks like. Um, but ultimately when that ego gets in the way and I'll share this and then I'll pass the mic cause I've, I've done too much talking. I don't know if you guys can no, remember that's when, good. when- This is good, that's yeah, good. good. Do you all remember when, when Michael Jordan, he stepped away and the second best player of course was Scottie Pippen. And you all remember in the playoffs, the Bulls were playing the Knicks. <laughs> And there were two seconds left. Y'all remember this? Two seconds left. And again, <laughs> without Michael Jordan, yes, hey, 20,000 people are in the stands. This is nationally televised. This is a crunch time moment against their rival team. And of course, what does Pippen say? Coach, give me the ball. I'm the best player. I shoot the last shot. And the coach said, look, I think we're going to go in a different direction. And what does Scottie Pippen say? He said, look. If I don't get the last shot, I'm not going out on the court. And the coach calmly looked back at him and says, okay, um, you're going to be on the bench. Um, go ahead and sub in for, for Pippen. They go out there, and, of course, all the commentators are asking, is Pippen hurt? Is, is there, did yeah. he foul out? What's going on? And then the guy who subbed in for him, his name was Tony Kukoc, took that last shot, <laughs> made the shot. The team won. Everyone is excited. But, ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you that that's not what's important. What's important is that mm. the team won, but this guy named Scottie Pippen basically told everybody, I don't care about the team. I care about me. And I'm just going to say this. Mm. 
it would be wow. wouldn't it be beautiful if everyone would be just as courageous and have the intestinal fortitude of a Scotty Pippen to just go ahead and say from the jump that I don't care nothing about y'all. It really is all about oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's goals done. I wish just get it out well, the that way. way. Wow. <laughs> that way we can know. We can yeah. know that we can't trust yeah. you, that we can't collaborate, yeah. that we can move on. Oh my gosh. But but wow. unfortunately, that is what gets in the way. Again, it kind of goes back mm. to that selfless thing. That's what typically gets in the way. I um, mean, we have to put wow. that on. I'm, I'm going to pass the mic. Let me hear some, some from my other guys here. Let me hear from my my brothers. What do y'all have to say about this, man? Hey, hey look, before <laughs> before we do that, I, I know two things right now. Number one, JD just took us to class, y'all. J, JD just took yes, us to did. school. And listen, sure if, if, if you're out there and you appreciate preachers who read, will you just type a three in the chat for us? On, I got to yeah. put that one on there again. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he broke this Y'all thing down for us. If you yes, appreciate preachers who it. get into some text and they read some stuff and they study, just throw yeah. that three in the chat. Number two, second thing is, um, well, PRT might be getting some mail from Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. We gotta watch out hey, for that. But yeah, anybody else want to chime in on that? Well, let me stop. I was gonna go somewhere with that. <laughs> hey, but let, I was gonna go somewhere with that. But Pastor Doggett, powerful word. I think um, th- there's a saying. I don't know if it was from that book or another book I read, it says the team will always outperform the individual. And the example that you gave is is this classic. The team always outperforms the individual. I love it. Collaboration. What do do you want? If you, if you, we're sticking to basketball, if you want to drive to the hole, you want some people on the three-point line. You want a threat on a three-point line that can shoot the ball so people don't want to leave them so you can drive to the hole. Like, why, why, why would I want to do everything when I'm a 10 on one on energy, right? I'm a 10 on that, right? All right, but I'm a five on evangelism, right? Why would I not bring somebody that's a 10 on evangelism to come in and do my evangelism for me and I can continue to be the hype man? Like, why would I try to do every... When we try to do everything as an individual church or even as a church leader, when we want to do everything, we are saying that what I'm willing to do is as an inferior product. I'm willing to have an inferior product because of my pride. Because if if, 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 if I collaborate... I can bring in all tens, yeah, but if I do on. it myself, then it's up and down. Then we're going to be lacking yeah. in some areas. Yeah. Pastor Scott, Pastor Scott, if, if I could just kind of ask you this question and throw it right back at you, man, isn't that interesting when you talk about, you know, the idea of, of, I think that when it comes to having other individuals around you um, to kind of help, you know, in areas of weakness, I think that there's an issue of a lack of self-awareness because we think we're good at everything. And the truth of the matter is you're not. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what I've noticed, and I'm just going to throw it out there, those who I see thriving in this pandemic when it comes to ministry are people who have high self-awareness Damn. and are humble enough mm-hmm. to suggest that I don't have all of the tools and all of the gifting to carry everything and to do it all, but they have enough self-awareness to say, you know what, I could use some help in that area and I'm strong over here, but I'm weak over there. Would you suggest that self-awareness is a key attribute of those who are willing to collaborate? Austin, before you say something, and if you were attending everything and you did everything, what about your wife? What about your husband? What about your kids? Because you'd be out there doing everything and they'd be at home eating dinner without you. 
Yeah. Wow. Mercy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I good. mean, I think he's mm. right. I mean, self-awareness is big, guys. And I think we have to reach a space where we have to say that it's okay that I, I'm not good at certain things that I don't know. And I, I, I want to, I, I need training. You know, lately, man, I've been big on training. I've been sitting in courses. I've been sitting not just in past, you know, pastoral stuff, but tech stuff and some, you know, the stuff we're trying to get better at. But one of the things that's staggering that one quote that stuck with me for probably for the last two years, I was sitting under some teaching. Uh, he came to the presentation, Tom Rayner. He came to the yeah. presentation. Uh, we were we were in Kentucky, I believe, right before the pandemic. And he had a staggering statement that said 92% of pastors don't know their own communities. Yeah. And he went on mm. to explain one of the reasons why. One of the reasons why is is because we refuse to collaborate and connect with people that do. There are some people in your church that have been a part of that community for generations. And we, we, we have not had the chance to sit down and talk and connect. Even though your church is small, it's older folk, and even have a larger, there are people there that are, are more connected than you. I celebrate that. Thank God you're connected. Yeah. Yeah. So that means that right. you are the vehicle now. I'm gonna come to you. I'm your pastor, I'm coming to you. Make the, you know, build the connection, build the relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't want to mm -hmm. be a part of that 92% that doesn't know. I want to be a part of, I'm trying to get to know. And the reason how we do that is having that awareness that, you know what, these are the areas where I can grow in, be strong in. And for the preachers who are out there that have the time, train your people. Don't just do everything. Don't kill yourself. Yeah. I mean, I mean, get out. Right. I mean, I mean, bring some experts in to talk, to teach, to, 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 to edify, to grow. Cause whenever, whenever you grow in that way, uh, it's really going to edify the body for the long for long term. We, we, before I did any growth at my church in Washington, Little Washington, North Carolina, we before we grew our church, we baptized fifteen the first year, fifteen the second year. We spent a year just training. We just spent a year just trying to grow, just figuring out what the mm -hmm. need was, taking time to figure out who we could partner with, who could help us out. That made the difference along the way. Mm. Great. I'd like Listen, to throw, could we, throw could we highlight question, you guys that uh, came John, from Johnny's question, Johnny here. Willis question? What's that? Can oh. we highlight, oh, can Johnny, we highlight Johnny Willis? Okay, yes. Yeah, uh, okay. yes. yeah I was ready to highlight uh, yeah. question, Sunday, we keep Sabbath. Yeah. How do you all work that out in terms of connecting and having events? How, how do you collaborate with those who may have um, a blaring difference in how we operate? as a church. All right, there's so two types of um, events. Go ahead, man. No, go ahead, Doc. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Quickly, there's two types of events. There's um, there's events that, that generate relationships. So there's social events that you do with other churches um, that you, you, you go bowling, you do things like that. You, you have concerts where everybody, all the community churches participate and you invite them to your church. So that's social. That's how you build a relationship. But then when it comes to, to community service and this church is doing something in the community and we want to send our people over, or we're doing something in the community and we want to ask other churches to send their people over to help us with that. When it comes to that, that's not a, a um, that's not a Sabbath Sunday thing because I can do good on a Sabbath. I encourage my people to go out and help some other ministry on the Sabbath. And if you happen to hear a car drive by playing some secular music, so what? I mean, yeah. so, so if it's, yeah. if it's social, of course we work it out where, listen, we're going to bowl Saturday night, you know, but if it's, if it's ministry, we can do that on Sabbath. So there's no, there's nothing in the way of working with another church when it comes to doing ministry, when it comes to doing ministry together. So that's two different things. Social activities, sure, we're not going to do it on the Sabbath. And y'all know that. Y'all know we Seventh-day Adventists. But when we want right. to team up to do ministry, come on. And I, I, so Scott, I encourage doing both. Go ahead, man. 
wouldn't you say though scott i mean what you're saying is so critical guys let's be let's be smart about this it it, it is also intentional uh planning and connecting we got to sit at the table and talk and figure it out there are yeah. days there are spaces mm-hmm. where, there, where, where times we can come together you can't just say we're going to do this thing won't you we just want to invite your staff no months in advance yeah plan out mm-hmm. connect with them figure out what's on the schedule how can we work together you know and, and jd you know this to be true whenever i used to go and and preach for different pastors or they would come for us and preach man that pastor would come and bring his whole church over i mean the house was mm-hmm. packed you wow. know more their folk than our folk because they had a cult they have a culture of not being afraid to worship with other folk now, that, now that's one mm-hmm. thing that i think is 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 not talked about enough that there's a lot of other denominations that welcome when we come and we're, we're apart and we want to do different things i i believe in i, I believe in intentional planning you can't just say, you know, uh, uh, Dr. I'm, I'm going to just do I'm going to just do a barbecue for the community and we just want your people. No, can we can we do it together? Can we can we find a park? Yeah. Can we yeah. can we sit down and, and figure out what the price price point is? Can we split it down the middle? Can your staff handle the sound? Can we take care of the games and the fun? What can we nice. do to work together that makes a difference? And that's where it's because see people are like, oh, man, what about baptism and souls? Yo, yo we got to get back to the mind frame of relationship first. We have mm-hmm. to build that thing, and that's where it's going to continue to grow and make a difference. And am I trying to steal your members? Uh oh. Or am I trying to seek and save the lost? Oh, like, yeah. Am I trying no, to teach people that, Jesus by that? Yeah, that that's good because here, here here's I think the reality that that we often find even among Adventist churches now. A lot of people have this conversation about collaborating with non-Adventist bodies of faith because the majority of Adventist churches are in cities and towns where there's one church and the next Adventist church is 30, 40, 50 miles away, right? <laughs> that That's the majority of North America division. But th- there are some of us. Miles away. What's that? In some places, 150 miles yeah, away. Yeah, some places, 150 miles away. But there are still some places in the United States where you've got cities. I pastor in, in Fort Lauderdale. There are 70-something Adventist churches within Broward County where we pastor, where, where J.D. and I pastor. Mm-hmm. We pastor in the same county. Um, and, and so that thing that, that, Kag, that Kagia just mentioned in terms of are you going to steal my members, we often think about stealing members from one denomination to another but sometimes that comes into play with if man if if I have my folk go over to JD's church they might like JD better than they like me they 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 might see something over there where I might lose my adventist members to another adventist church does that ever come into play you think as being some of the obstacles to to collaboration among among us in in this in this uh, uh within adventism mm-hmm. In a word, yes. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, come on. Let's be listen. If I send my members over to JD's church and they hear his preaching, he, they may not come back to my church. All right. So let's 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 oh, be honest please. about that. What I'm what I what I'm saying, but I think what you're saying, Ansem, is so is so real. But it's it it it's it's we my, I, I can I don't know if I can speak I can speak for these guys, myself, JD, Kigia. Look, it's, 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 it doesn't matter. I doesn't I mean Listen, there there are a lot of there are a lot of great ministries that are happening, and listen, I I, I believe in this is that your church may not be great at everything, but if this if, if JD's got a great children's program and you just believe that your family would benefit better right now over on that side in, in that circumstance, yeah. other places, then that's something that we have to be okay with because remember, it's about this family getting to the kingdom. It's not really about oh mm. you know we have to 
right. stop looking at just yeah. the numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think sometimes we, we just look at all oh, the souls and the numbers, how many, but JD's got a powerful children's ministry where they're doing stuff for kids and, and, and families can be benefited right now. And, and, and I understand that or, or whatever the case may be, you could have something going on that's powerful. And so we have to say to ourselves, we can't focus and we'll just worry about what they're doing over there. We praise God for what, what God has, the vision he's laid on other, other pastors' hearts, other churches. We want to make sure that we're doing what we need to do here, but we can't, we, we will stifle somebody, don't miss this, from entering the kingdom if we're saying, oh no, stay here because we just want you to stay because we don't want to lose you Mercy. because of numbers. That's wow. And I think that's, 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 that's a hard can I, can I jump in and say this? Yeah. Well, that, you know, just to be honest, I'm going to be transparent. Can I be transparent, family? Can I, can I be transparent with y'all? Yeah. I've called other ministries and recommended some of my members to go to that specific ministry. And oh, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about those rough members who are difficult. I'm not talking about trying to get rid of folk. I'm talking about being transparent enough to say that when I've moved into a ministry and there's a toxic environment, I, I'll do my part as a leader to try to move it forward and progress the ministry. But listen, I don't I think it's immoral to require some people to stay in toxic environments when they could oh, grow if they go somewhere mm -hmm. else. And I'm not mm -hmm. so you don't want to have this you talk. Being, you don't have this talk. I'm, I'm I mean, being honest. I'm yeah. being honest. Yeah. I will literally I've asked, hey, who can I call? Do you want me to call? Give the recommendation. Hey, this person is great here. Mm -hmm. I'll do that because it's not about you being my member. Yeah. It's about you mm. getting into the kingdom. Mm. So if you can grow mm. with your family in this context, that might not be Come the on. context over which I am mm -hmm. the leader, the official positional mm -hmm. leader, then guess what? Praise God. Go with my uh, blessing. Go with my encouragement. Go. Because it's not about, so it's not about uh, sequestering people within the confines of my, my local organization. We are part of a body. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a guy right. in Houston, and I'll right. pass the mic. Um, his name Good is me. Pastor uh, Kevin Graves, and I'm coming <laughs> right to you, Pastor G., and he called it this. He said, man, I call it kingdom bundling. And I love it, man. Mm -hmm. You know, when wow. you go and you get a <laughs> bundling. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, dude, I'm telling you. Whoa. Where you can bundle kingdom that bundle. You put everything. Yo, it's about kingdom bundling. And he he changed my whole perspective of collaboration when I was there in whatever year that was. And that's when it became clear to me the power of truly connecting, partnering, and having relationships in ministry with other people. Pastor Kigia Scott, we've been waiting to hear from you. So can you please come on in here, man? <laughs> the guru, and let the us... guru, the guru, the yeah, guru. There he is. Yeah. There he yeah, is. Come on. That's it. All right. This imagery won't leave my mind, but I'm thinking about the family in that like when your kids get of age, you want them to go away to college. Like it's nice if they stay and do the dishes and take out the trash, but no, I want you to go away to college. In my wow. church, when somebody is of age, I'm ready for you to go away to another city and get a great job. I'm happy for you. I love the fact that you were the best sound person I ever had, but if you have an opportunity somewhere else, you need to go. And, and in families, remember you have both, you have both girls and boys, right? Right. And so, mm -hmm. so your girls might marry somebody and get a different last name. It's all right. They still wow. family, but they got a different last name right now. But your <laughs> boy is going to marry somebody as well. Wow. And then they're going to get your last name. And so, so it will balance out. And so as long as I'm doing my job, some of my folks are going to leave because there's some better things out there for them. But some people are going to come because I offer our church offers some better things for them. And so, make sure you offer your better things mm, yeah 
Yeah, 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 not yeah, now. Like but don't, no, be, don't be afraid yeah. that people yeah. leave for some other better yeah. things. Wow. And so I and, think and, it's and a battle. Hold on. Kiki, I, I got to say this quick nugget. Leave Kiki on the screen, but I got to say this. Don't let your better things just be your preaching. Mm, just Because Ooh. preaching is not going to keep them alone. Yeah. Don't, don't, yes. I'm, 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 I'm a slow, I'm gonna say the pulpit, they'll stay. Don't be arrogant. Don't, yeah. I mean, have, yeah. have a ministry that blesses seniors, have a ministry that pours into single moms. You're preaching. Listen, yeah, work on your craft. I'm with you. I'm a, listen, I'm a preacher's preacher's preach the house down, but you want folks to stay. And yeah. look what, look what Stephanie just on. said. People become members yeah. because yeah. of preaching, but they stay members because of relationship. 82% of people will join your church, not based on the preaching, but based on the experience they have in the pews. That's right. So yeah. the relationships that are made, what you're doing, how you how you're getting involved is critical. So what Scott is saying, offer better stuff, offer better stuff with your great preaching. That's important to know. My fault. My fault, Scott. Back to the guru. Back to you, Scott. I'm sorry. Back hey, to the guru. No, Back to the guru. Finished. I was finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was finished. Just a family. Your church is a family. Your family, your family is gonna have people come in and people go out. It's gonna be an equilibrium. Okay, so it's okay. Hey, I want to ask you all this question. Uh, I want to start with <laughs> Pastor Scott. Hey, listen, how uh, has collaborating with others made you a And let's just talk the, 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 the three individuals, that the two individuals you have there with you, uh, this team here. How has this joint um, effort and mission made you a better pastor? Well, just, I've been at their feet. Um... And I, I, I wanted to let you in on kind of something that happened when I first joined, started the ministry. Um, I did a thing called Oakwood All-Stars where the small churches in my area, it was like seven small churches, um, four pastors. We all had districts. And what we did was we brought kids from Oakwood, young men from Oakwood to come and preach at all of our churches. But they could all ride in one car. In fact, um, I would go get them. And so we didn't have to pay for each one of them to come separately. And so all the churches that didn't have a lot of money was able to share and get in the guys up there. And they did a preach out at my church that night. But if you're looking at James Doggin and Austin Humphreys, both of those are, are, are some of the young people who came to my churches. And so in collaborating with the other churches and other pastors at the time, I was able to foster and build relationships with, with Austin and JD and a bunch of other people who were at that time students at Oakwood. But at, at this point, they're friends and colleagues of mine. And so Austin is very good at some stuff that I'm not so good at. And I've gotten better at those things while he's been able to buoy me up by doing those things. And so JD is as well as good at some stuff that I'm not so good at, but I've been able to sit at his feet and watch him do those things. And so even though I've gotten better at those things, I don't necessarily have to do them because I got JD. And so I've definitely grown and, 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 and the people and the working with these guys, the people that they know, I know. And so I have family now because, you know, once I know you, we family. I got family now that's family because they were cool with Austin, because they were cool with JD. And so when I go to Pelk, I got a lot of people that are my friends based on and and, and, and don't don't be little friendship. Listen, friends are important to me. I always, I have yeah. somebody to call anytime I need to talk about anything. I got Kurt Nugent that knows something, certain things. I got, I got Meshach that's so spiritual. If I need a prayer, I'll call him. A lot of these people I have because Austin and JD. 
And so my, wow. uh, uh, they have benefited my life. My life is better because I know and have worked with these two guys. Mercy, yo, mercy, I mean, powerful. I, f- I feel the same. I feel the same way. I just, real quickly, I just feel like we, because of these guys, I I step my game up every day. I just, I want to, I want to be better. I want to be stronger. I want to be more prayed up with these brothers. We have gone into spiritual battle together, and we, Lord has allowed us to pour into the lives of real people because of collaborative ministry. I mean, what JD did with Quarantine Revival, JD, I mean, what, wow. I think what, over the years, over the last what, two years, given over, what, $20,000, $25,000 just with Quarantine yes. Revival, what we've done for people. I mean, it's just like, I mean, that 50. type of stuff is like 50, I mean, 50,000 is like, I wow. mean, that just us coming together on on a platform to lift up the name of Jesus. And and after that, we, I hate to say it, it got, it got, it got, I became addicted to finding new ways to spread the gospel. And it's because of these guys, and so yes, sir. I'm 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 addicted to that. I'm I'm we we always talking about what's next. You know, it's so funny. I had a really great idea. It wasn't even fleshed out yet, but I wanted to put it out before JD got the idea first, just because these guys pushed me, and I'm just like, yo, I got this dope idea. I think JD might do it. Let me just. I, I had to put on the flyer information coming soon because I had no information about it. But I put it out there because these guys, I'm serious. They push us, they push me to want to be better so that when we come to those platforms, whether we preaching for each other, hosting for Wednesday in the Word, doing stuff for quarantine revival, it doesn't recharge worship, it don't matter. I want to be better because of these guys. Wow. 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 I, I, I'm stuff. sorry. I got to j- throw this in here. I'm, I'm listening to Austin talk and I, I'm just, uh, there's a vision JD that, that's in my head and I'm saying, man, what if, what if, what if our Sabbath school superintendents were doing together what you guys are doing together? What if our, our AY departments oh, wow. were, were doing, we're pushing each other and dreaming together and moving. What if our, yeah. our personal ministries department, so that this is not just a pastoral thing, but a, it's a ministry thing that, mm-hmm. that what you guys are doing now just becomes contagious so that so that throughout the ranks of our ministry that our, our members are getting this um this addiction austin this addiction to to, to wanting to yeah. find these things and work together ah that's the church i dream of that that that's awesome that's yeah. awesome ah yeah. good stuff wow all right sounds like how articulated the dream how would, you, how would you shape yeah how would you shape you being better at in the collaboration space Man, I'll say two things. Um, since these other gentlemen have already spoken with such, you know, clear articulation and inspiration, um, I'll say first, I benefited from um, the <laughs> the rest, the rest that I can receive in knowing that the pressure is not all all on my shoulders, but I can actually, in collaboration, share the burden. Um, of ministry yeah. because, and, I, and I'll just, I'll say this, I'll be the, the one to say it. When it comes to doing ministry on an effective level, especially in the virtual space, it can be tiresome if you do it consistently. It can be very yeah. draining. Um, and one of the things that I appreciated most about the collaborative efforts that I've been a part of is that I can not just rest, but I can sit at the feet, like Pastor Scott said, of gurus like him. Um, like Pastor Humphreys, um, like the three of you who are hosting the Pastors Roundtable, I'll say this, since the beginning of 2020, because um, I started pastoring this district right before the pandemic, um, mm-hmm. my two churches have and, and I have been exposed to around 100 speakers 
and um, preachers and speakers. Yeah. And if we add co-hosts and singers, it goes almost up to 200. So imagine being exposed to all of that gifting. Um, I've been Mm -hmm. able to meet people who have blown my mind with the gifting that God has on, on them, on their lives. And I'll say that um, the, the biggest takeaway has been inspiration on another, another level. I've been so inspired, man, seeing these, these men and women who I've been able to, to collaborate with, uh, flex their ministerial muscles, seeing God work yeah. miracles, even in the virtual space, man, it inspires me to no end. Um, so I'll say that I'll say the, the rest and the repose that is possible, um, from the pressure that ministry consistent ministry can bring. Um, but also just the, the, the fact that, look, I can rely on, on hearing all of this good stuff, being exposed to all this good stuff, man, the virtual space has offered that. Um, and I didn't have that privilege before. That's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. Good stuff. Absolutely. All right. So <clears throat> I'm looking at our questions and I, I think we've kind of gone a little, I don't know where we are, um, but I got another question <laughs> and this one ain't on the sheet. Um, ah, this is, this is where uh, I might get PRT in the trouble. No, I'm not. Um, if if so, this this level of collaboration that we're seeing uh, among you, you brethren, it seems like this was more organic as far as the institution is concerned than it was intentional. Follow what I'm saying? That nobody came to you as an administrator or there was no structure. There was no system within the structure that encouraged or motivated or asked um, for you to collaborate in order to effect all of those positive benefits that you guys just articulated. If you could speak to an administrator or tweak the structure Mm -hmm. to help make, would there be a benefit? Maybe I'll start there. Would there be a benefit for collaboration to become a part of the system in which we work. So, so for instance, JD and I, we, we pastor in the same County here in South Florida. JD was not sent here to collaborate with me. I, I, nobody said anything. Hey, JD is over here. This is what his church is. Would there be a benefit? Could that be a foreseeable thing in the future to a tweak to the structure of how we approach ministry going forward? I, I see that. Like you, ask a, you, ask, you, ask a, you ask a very hard question. <laughs> a loaded because question. You, you're talking about something that's, um, that's bottom up and, and trying to talk about it from a top down um, perspective. And I'm not sure that's possible because if the conference tells me to collaborate with somebody and I don't have the spirit of collaboration, then mm. that, 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 that may, that may just not work. I, I'm, I think what is contagious though is collaboration itself. And so that when Austin moves, um, when DeMar replaces him, we all went and had lunch together and me and DeMar worked together like me and Austin did. And me and Austin are still connected. And so 
I think there's a contagion that happens and, and, and a fire spreading that can happen from the grassroots up. But JD is the one that has three points. So, so maybe he knows how to do it from the top down, but I can just think about from the bottom up, how (laughs) as long as I do it and everybody I'm around when I'm next to uh, uh, Dominique or, or, or or Nelson, um, Josh Nelson, and I work with them and then they move and they work with somebody else. I know how that can work from the bottom up, but JD, tell us how to work it from the top down. First of all, don't do me like that. Don't set me up like that. <laughs> don't set him up. I, 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 I will. He, he just up. set me up. Pastor Humphries, he set me up, man. He set he me up. So I'm about to miss this alley-oop that he just threw, but let me try. So I just think of a couple of different strategies that could be implemented, because I see what you're saying, Pastor Paul, in that at the very least, I think incentives could be offered to the collaborative efforts that are actually making a difference. One of the things I have noticed is there have been a few entities in that in terms of collaboration that have been highlighted um, from, you know, conference levels. There have been certain individuals who've been maybe asked to give presentations on it, et cetera. But yeah. I think that we can be a lot more broad in, in being inclusive of all of the collaborative efforts that we see taking place in our conferences and then providing some incentives. Um, as uh, kind of not just a thumbs up, a pat on the back, but to encourage what we're seeing. Because let's just be honest, when you do collaborate, you are pooling your resources. And I'm not just talking about money and gifting and talent, you're pooling your influence. So now we're reaching way more together than we could Mm -hmm. ever reach by ourselves, which now goes back to evangelism. It goes back to the mission um, of our church, why we're in existence. So if we are seeing collaboration taking place where the influence has been able to stretch across the seas, not just within our, our, our country, then there's no reason in this world why there can't be certain incentives, certain highlighted opportunities. And then some people who want to collaborate but have no idea how, could, there could be trainings and offerings just like this. Yeah. The pastor's round table is a perfect example right. of what conferences could be doing. And I know you can't say it, but I will say it as a guest on your show. <laughs> this should be, I think, a, a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This is the example. Say this it. is, this is, say it. yeah, this is what needs to be done in every conference. This should not be, I mean, mm-hmm. and look, you guys, I'm going to speak on your behalf. You guys, I know, are more than willing to share um, information, Talk. to get, share strategies, yeah. to share what your experiences yeah. have been. But there, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I doubt there have been conferences knocking on your door saying, "How do how do we do exactly what you're doing?" and not having to recreate the wheel. So I think there are right. a number and, of different and, steps. And that- we can we send you some money? Like well, how about rewarding the behavior you appreciate? And so, exactly. so I like what you guys are doing. Here's the extra $10,000. Keep it up. But, oh, but, but let me tell you, Pastor yeah. Scott, why I, say, why I say that, and you don't have to blow me back up because I'm about to be done, because I've seen the opposite take place. A lot of these ministries, including, you know, a lot of these ministries, I'll just say this without calling out any names, um, are, it's almost as if there's an intentional ignoring from an administrative mm. perspective. So as to, and I've actually heard an administrator, I'm not throwing out no names, say this, um, and I'm just being real with y'all. Um, if we highlight this or provide a platform for you to do this, when I was doing the quarantine revival, I'm just gonna throw it out there. If we provide a platform, yeah. it will make other ministries jealous. 
And I'm saying to myself, so you refuse to do something that could expand the ministry for the sake of not upsetting somebody who might be jealous. I think there's the wow. rationale has to change yeah. and we have to be way more open to supporting, celebrating, highlighting and incentivizing these collaborative ministries wow. from an administrative perspective. I'd like to, man, that was powerful, JD. And thank you. But, but Kegi, I'd like to back up to, to your point. And I think it's, it's a valid powerful point stuff. and maybe JD or Austin, cause I saw Austin something on your face as well. I want to give you a chance to respond to that initial question as well. But I, I just wanted to ask this. So Kegi, you said that it works what you're doing is coming from the ground up and, and how yeah. you might respond or how others might respond in being told um, we're sitting here, we want you to collaborate. So here's the question that I have. Um, how many of us here, uh, except for our initial placement of where we were sent to pastor, how many of you have ever been interviewed prior to an, being sent to an assignment where somebody got down and tried to ask you and find out, um, do you have a spirit of collaboration? Is this even something that right. fits the model? If we, how many of you just been in, in, an interview yeah. from an administrator, from yeah. an administration, anybody? Yes, yes, so, yes. So Dion, you don't, I, I'm yes, saying yes. outside of For an both. initial assignment. Yes, yeah. and I can tell That's you. That's rare, I though. I can tell you straight up, but uh, I mean, you know, um, so when I like, um, called out or when I was receiving a call from a different conference, they had an interview process and they asked that same question. Hey, listen, we like to collaborate. Yeah. But see, that's, I that's, mean, they that's, said that's that not, we like to collaborate. Yes. And I get that. I was, I was excluding your situation because that was when you okay, were being called you. to a new conference, a new assignment. Everybody's going to get that interview, okay. right? I'm talking about if once you got there, you were sent to a different assignment, if you were going to be interviewed there, all of us in theory interviewed before our initial assignment. And then right. and that was your initial assignment in a new conference. I'm talking about that next thing. Um, uh, Austin, JD, I saw both of y'all kind of grinning and, and making some faces there. Any, any thoughts on that? Cause I got plenty. I'll let you go guru. Go ahead, guru. No, I just think that that's rare. I think that asking the question of, is this even something that you can't, that you want to be a part of? Is this a skill that you have? Is it, that's critical? Cause I, you know, me and Scott, we work together well and it just kind of happened and it's opened up other doors for us to where we're going to probably be doing this for the rest of our, our ministry with JD as well. I mean, you know, I just think we, ha I think you're right. We have to start asking those questions in certain rooms. Like, you know, is collaborative, does it matter to the churches? Does it matter to the conference? Does it matter to the NAD that, we have pockets and areas we want to grow, cities we want to tackle and grow. Is it is it possible that we can have co-leadership in certain places? But, you know, we, we see a lot more of that in different denominations. I think, um, you know, we it, are we willing to step out and do and, and think outside the box in that way? Mm -hmm. You know, of course, it gets tricky with the logistics of it, but even the thought process, you know, it, it would be a dream of me. You know, we say this in our prime, but in, in our prime, like we look at, and I hate this basketball analogy that we've started, but when we look at people like, you know, KD, Kyrie, and uh, who is it, uh, James Harden coming together in one team, it blows your mind when the big three came. I, 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 I was just kind of thinking, if I had the opportunity to pastor with these guys in leadership, like we had to go somewhere right now, I mean, I would jump on it. If I had the opportunity to pastor with Kyle Crawford, you know, I'd jump. I, Elliot Brooks, I'd jump. You know, I mean, other preachers, you all, the three of you all, I jump at the opportunity because, but we just don't have that culture yet. So it's kind of weird to kind of say, you know, you're, you're on your squad, you're in your conference, 
you know, we can collaborate for a week of prayer, but you know, we're not, we're not coming together to do it. But I think what you're saying, Ansem, is just something that does not happen yet. But I think the possibility well, of that be, starting could be something unique and, and different. Can I? Let me before we before the time goes, I want to jump in along on this this thread. Um, we talk about the positiveness of collaboration. Is there a time when collaboration mm -hmm. is not? necessary or should not be in, entered into? Is there a time when we ought to say, no, we're not going to do this together. We're going to do this separately. Is there is there any time for that in, in our culture, in our situation? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is yes. Um, somebody actually posed a yeah. question that I, th I thought went up there uh, for a hot second. And the question had to do with what do you do when it somebody who is selfish doesn't want to collaborate and you're trying to collaborate and all that stuff? And maybe I'll come at it, it from this work. angle. There you go. How do you motivate the selfish members mm -hmm. or do you just move on and collaborate without them? My oh. suggestion is this. Move on. Um, there's an Old yeah. Testament scripture where God tells Ephraim, uh, the, 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 the tribes, Ephraim has joined themselves to idols. Guess what he says? Leave them alone. So don't no, waste your time. On. The idea here is. The idea here is, and L.Y. talks about it, using that vital force that God has given you. Don't waste it trying to put out. And we're, we're told to as pastors, um, you know, it's not just about putting out all these fires. What about working with those who are ready to get ministry done? Mm -hmm. So my encouragement mm -hmm. is that you don't waste your time um, trying to collaborate with people who are selfish, who don't get it, um, because there are there are folk out there who do. Um, so mm -hmm. don't waste that time. Go out there and get it done. And I'm and I'm proof. I, if you need proof, I'm proof, man, that in Same. 2020, we did 77 days, 77 nights of revival, 77 nights of revival. Goodness. And we we didn't just yes. have preachers. We did not just have preachers. We also had co-hosts and hosts every single night yeah. and singers every yeah. single night. You can't tell yeah. me that you can't find folk who are willing to collaborate and do ministry. That no. that That's just they're I think all, there are people out there. Find them. Find them. Don't waste your time begging folk to collaborate when I know there are others who have the same spirit of collaboration that you have. Good. All right. And lastly, uh, just to it. jump off for one second, I, um, I would also say yes, but for a slightly different reason or for an additional reason, um, we have um, we're all different and we all do things differently. And so, so the algorithm is that I reach a certain people and that JD reaches a certain people. And so in some, in some areas, my way is the way. And so I don't need to collaborate in this particular thing because God has funk has fashioned me to reach this, this group in this way. And so you can't collaborate with everybody on everything because in, God didn't make us different so that we could, join together and have some hodgepodge all the time. But the churches are different. Your churches could be next door and they have different personalities and some things they should do by themselves because God put them there to do that thing their way. And so we don't have to collaborate on everything, but we should collaborate on some things for the benefits that we've already listed. Wow. I think I think we got a we got a lesson. We got we were going to we're going to class, man. We got all these these three scholars, man, just just teaching us, man, that collaboration is the way. And like if you don't collaborate, man, you're not gonna make it in 2022. Um, listen, I I praise God for your ministry, for what you're doing. 
Um, I know that the Lord is going to continue to bless you, right? And what you do. And my hope is, man, that that a lot of us will catch on to this thing, man. That you know, I love the collaboration. You know, we're doing here in the PRT, but I, I want to do more collaboration with my church, man. I just got to set us up, man, so we can, <laughs> so we can. We do were it supposed to do that today, Doctor Henry. That was that was our yeah, plan. We were, man. Yeah. We we were supposed to do it today, man. But I know my stuff. I gotta get my stuff ready, ants, man. Listen, look, you got the look, man. You got the, we'll get the background, the scene, and we'll all that it. stuff. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it done. <laughs> we're gonna get it done, man. But praise God. Listen, I have to run, but I do want to say this to um, our guests here. Listen, um, I, I just appreciate, man, your willing to, willingness to share. And, and if you could just mention one thing to maybe a pastor or a conference there that may be thinking about collaborating, but haven't gotten the, um, the encouragement and courage to do so, what would you say to that pastor or to that conference on collaboration? What would you say to that person? Guru, don't be. <laughs> I would say, don't be afraid to fail. I mean, you might collaborate with somebody and it not work. Okay, then stop. Try somebody else. <laughs> like, okay, it's not the end of the world. True. You plan one event. This one event doesn't go the way you imagined it. So what? Yeah. You plan any. Yeah. You should be planning eighty events a year anyway. So I mean, what? Yeah. You try one, it didn't work. That doesn't mean it's not yeah, going to work if, if you do it a different way. That just means you had a bad collaboration partner. So try it again with somebody yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> or you collaborated on the wrong thing. And, you know, just yeah. just my, yeah. my thing is be intentional. Mm. Be intentional, man. Be intentional about planning and partnerships. Got to be intentional about who you want to partner with. Someone. Who was who was willing to work with you? And these guys can tell me right now if it's, if I have a bad idea, they say oh, it's not awesome, oh, it's a terrible idea. Cool, let's move on. I got no issue with that because I I, I know their level of excellence and their, their level of continuity. And I will say for the person that wants to try and get out there, you know, failure is a part of the journey, and that's mm -hmm. okay. You know, just find other ways and keep pushing and working at it. So, for sure, absolutely, Bishop. And I'll just kind of. Oh, yeah, I'll say this, that um, you shouldn't you shouldn't wait. Go do it. Um, reach out. Talk to those who you need to talk to. Ask um, and don't be afraid like these pastors have already said um, to, to fail. And also, I feel like there is um, how can I say this? Um, there is a need to be intentional with what successful collaboration looks like. Don't feel mm -hmm. like a failure. If your collaboration has not eventuated in the same amount of views or in the same amount of, you know, uh, expansion of influence, mm -hmm. my suggestion is this, that talk, even you be, talk, talk about you be careful. Views, yeah, well, well, you, you got to be careful about what you mm. what you predetermine to be success and failure, Bad because sometimes and I'll just end with this. Sometimes the collaboration itself is the success. The fact that you work with someone Ooh. in trying something is the victory yes. not necessarily all of these other tangible that's you know calculable that's i don't know if that's the word but yeah the idea here is that look at the end of the day um god i think called us to be a part of a body um because again if we're made in his image the last time i checked the the trinity the father son and the holy ghost is Come for on, me preacher. the perfect the perfect example of no. collaboration <laughs> if you want to be like god then you you can't do hey, it by yourself. Closes, so more, closes, 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 closes. That's it. That's it. That's it. The more godly, hey, the hey. more godly you become, the more collaborative you become. 
Hey, Anson, real quick, I just want to put this. Anson, I just want to say this one, one quick thing, and I know we got to go. Me and James both said at the end of the day, if you want to be successful, just partner with Kagia Scott. And That's it. Just call him, just text partner him, with him, email him. With, we, I think we all can agree. Partner with Kagia Scott. <laughs> He's the common thread. He's the common thread. Now worship Kagia. The QR Kagia. Hey, the brother's on time. I give him that every time. He boom. He, he's right, good. Top of stuff. He, 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 he got something to say, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out together. That's it.